Here we are again, Doodle Bible School, me and you, look at us. <clears throat> Thank you for being with me. I appreciate it very, very much. It's not quite as cold this time as it was last time that we were together, but it's still wet and kind of cool outside. But thank you for being here. It's nice and chilly, or not chilly, what's the other word? Toasty. Yeah, toasty inside the office with you. Doodle Bible School. Let's get to it. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Basic Bible. Great for homeschool, Sunday school curriculum, etc. Then Moses parts the Red Sea because we're talking about experiencing Exodus. Da -da -da -da. <laughs> I need to get some kind of introduction and music going on there, don't I? That's pretty good. Gabriel did a great job, I thought, with that little graphic. Excellent. All right. Experiencing Exodus. Here we go. Segment number one. You know the drill. What are we doing in segment number one? We'll get your head out the way, Sonny Childs, and we'll be able to see. Okay, I will. We do the doodle, don't we? See the doodle? All right, well, <clears throat> all right, get out your doodlators. We are going to doodle today, and uh, uh, today's doodle is not as hard as, as some have been in the past, but uh, let's just see if we can make it happen. You ready? Here we go. All right, what we do, oh, I didn't hit the button hard enough, did I? I'm going to hit it again. There we go. I hit it. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Chapter one. Israelites are enslaved. Chapter 2, Moses gets born. Guess what's going to happen in chapter 3? Well, I guess I got it right there, don't I? So that's pretty easy to see. The burning bush. <clears throat> We're familiar with that particular story, and if you're not, you're going to be today. <laughs> All right. Trees aren't really that hard. You know what I'm saying? Uh, really, it's just a stick, you know, and you kind of go like this, and uh, you you pretty much got a tree. But of course, we want to make it a little fancier. So we'll make it a little fatter, you know, and then we can make the limbs come up here if you want to. This limb comes up here and this little fatter there kind of a thing. See, we already you already got the three. I know. I know you're saying, wow, Sonny, look at us. All right. But then we got to get the burning bush going. And so the burning bush, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of like a <clears throat> half circle. So kind of come up here. And then come back down a little bit like that, okay? And then go back up. You might do it a couple times like that, okay? And then make your half circle come back over here. And then you got a flame. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Look at that. We got a flame and put a little branches here, I guess, if you wanted to, on the old burning bush. Got the three happening. See, it's on its side. <laughs> I know. You're saying wow, and I'm saying wow, too. That actually turned out pretty good. We'll leave that right there for us to admire for a while. All right. I got to get a drink, guys. I don't know what it is, but <clears throat> I got this thing. You didn't see it now. <laughs> All right. That's chapter three, the burning bush. Chapter one, Israelites are enslaved, or the Hebrews, as they're going to be called in this chapter, are enslaved. And then uh, chapter two, Moses gets born. Chapter three, he's going to be off in the wilderness doing the shepherd thing. He's going to see this bush and it's not burning up. He's saying, what in the world? Let's go check it out. The burning bush, chapter three. All right. So <clears throat> if I were to test you over chapter three thus far, I would be asking you to give me the theme for chapter three. And can you draw the picture? Well, there's the picture. And when you look at that, what does this look like? It looks like a bush that's burning up, but that's not burning up because it doesn't burn up because it's not burning up. It, but it looks like it's burning on fire, right? <laughs> so there you go. Chapter 3 of Exodus, the burning bush. Okay, let's be silly. 
Love this guy. Llama, whatever he is. Alpaca, I don't even know. He could be a goat. I don't think he's a goat, though. But anyhow, see, there's a time to laugh. And that's right now, because God made that. <laughs> Why was the phone walking in the water? I don't know about your phone, but if my phone goes for a walk in the water, it's done. It's kaput. It's because it ruins phones. But this particular phone, it decided to take a walk in the water. My question is, what in the world? Why did the phone take a walk in the water? Because it was waiting for a call. <laughs> I get it? Not waiting, but waiting. Like you would wade in the water. <laughs> it was waiting for a call. That's pretty good. You can remember that one. Put that right there in your old repertoire of jokes and how you can have that. Pull it out at the party and say, hey, I got a funny for you. <laughs> Why was the phone walking in the water? And everybody's going to say, well, I don't know, but he better get out because it's going to ruin the phone. And after they get done talking about all that, you can say, no, nah, he was waiting for a call. <laughs> all right, moving on. Segment number two. Make a memory. Stick that old thing right there in the old gourd right up here at the top of your shoulders and don't let it go anywhere else because you want to keep it. <laughs> Making a memory. All right. <clears throat> in order to make a memory, we need a memory verse. So Moses stands at the parting of the Red Sea and he says, Look, folks, all you got to do is say it five times each line. You can do this. And so we look at the lines and we say to ourselves, Well, maybe we can do this. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire burning bush. Out of the midst of a bush. <laughs> I told you. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. It didn't burn up. That's kind of odd, isn't it? All you got to do is say each line five times, guys. And the angel of the Lord, 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 and the angel of the Lord. I think that's five times. And the angel of the Lord, that's six times. And the angel of the Lord, now you got a seven. It's stuck in your head. <laughs> but if you can't remember it that way, what you can do is you can blank out some of the main words, you see what I'm saying? And then try to keep it in your head that way. And the, you know that one, angel of the Lord. I, we've already said it seven, that's eight times. <laughs> that's stuck in the gourd. It ain't going nowhere. No siree. And see there, appeared to him, appeared to him, appeared to him, appeared to him. See what I'm saying? All you got to do is say it five times. If you can't get it that way, leave some blanks and try it again. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and the angel of the Lord. We've already got the first line. So, if I were to test you about the memory section, I would ask you this question, which becomes two questions <laughs> as I hang like a bat from the ceiling. All right. From where did the angel of the Lord appear to Moses? Come on, guys. So, now you know the answer to that one. Can you quote the memory verse? No, <laughs> but I can probably get the first line. <laughs> Let's be funny. Got the geese happening here. What color is sad, but not heavy? A color that is sad, but not heavy. Now, if I was a sad color, a gray, you know, but not heavy. Hmm. What color is sad, but not heavy? Well, how about light blue? <laughs> That's pretty good, because it's light, so it's not heavy. Blue, because he's blue. <laughs> See what we did there? So what color is sad but not heavy? It's light blue. 
That's another good one. In segment chapter three, chapter three, I don't know even what that means. In, in segment three, we go and we sit by the pond and we do some pondering and we try to think really heavily upon what we're pondering. And then we think real hard and then it comes to us what we're thinking about. Here we go. As we ponder, again, Moses, he's partner. Oh, dear. Got to get rid of the burning bush because he's blocking our text. See ya. All right. We got old Moses there. He parted the Red Sea. See, he's back there. You can't hardly see him, but he's stuck back in there. All right. Here's our passage for today as we're pondering. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them. Now, let's pause for a second and back up. Moses says, approach the bush. God said, hey, don't get too close because this is holy ground. Take off your sandals. Then he begins to talk to Moses about what he wants Moses to do. And in the instruction part of the conversation, we got this. First thing he says is, go gather the elders of Israel together and say to them. So as Moses is returning now to Egypt, he's got the assignment that I need you to go collect the elders of Israel. Now, that would be the older men. Elder, okay? Uh, that's why in the church today, whenever you have elders, they're generally older men. They're supposed to be older men because they're supposed to be people who are able to uh, look over their shoulder and say they got a lot of history of what they've lived through and problems they've solved, all those kind of things. Well, the same thing was back in the day with, when uh, Moses was going back to Egypt. They had individuals that were older and more and wiser, etc. And God says, I want you to go and I want you to gather those men together. Okay? Because we're going to go talk to Pharaoh. And we're going to say, let my people go. <laughs> oh, and the Lord, the God of our your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me saying. So Moses is supposed to go and say, look, God has talked to me, elders, and here's what we're going to do. I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. So Moses says to the elders, or he's supposed to say to the elders, God's been watching. And he has seen what they have done to you. How they're abusing you. Keeping you enslaved. And I promise that I'm going to bring you up out of the affliction of, the Egypt, of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And he says, this land that I'm going, to, I'm going to take you out of Egypt and put you in a brand new land. And he says, this land is so great, it's going to be like a land flowing with milk and honey. When I say flowing with milk and honey, what comes to mind? Well, you know, back in the day, milk was really, really important as far as something that they ate, they drank, and that kind of thing. And honey was very, very tasty. And so you got kind of both sides of this thing. That which you really need and all the pleasures that you can have, they're going to be in this land. This land is just full of them. I'm going to provide that for you because God says, I have seen what the Egyptians have done and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not liking it. And they'll listen to you and your voice and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt. So you're going to take the elders and you're going to take them to the king of Egypt and say to him, look, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, I told you they are called Hebrews, the God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And so the request is going to be made to the king of Egypt. Let us go so that we can have a spiritual time with our God. We want to go into the wilderness and make sacrifice to our God. But, he says, I know that the king of Egypt is not going to let you go unless I compel him by my mighty hand. And so God recognizes that he's stubborn. 
And it's not going to happen without God really pushing the issue. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. This is real important. So he's going to give them favor. The Egyptians are going to look upon Israel, the Hebrews, with favor. And he said, I'm going to, where is it? My hand went in sight of the Egyptians. And, uh, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. But each house, excuse me, but each woman, I skipped the line, but each woman shall not, I can't read, but each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold, jewelry, and for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. So it sounds like that God is going to put it in the hearts of the Egyptians to give the Hebrews stuff. And by the time they leave Egypt, they're going to have a lot of stuff. Because God is going to put it in their hearts to do right by the, by the, by the children of Israel. Now, it might be that, that God is going to capitalize on the fact that probably there are a lot of Egyptians who thought, this just isn't fair. I don't know why they made you slaves. And it's, uh, you know, that it maybe they're, they're going to give them, you know, parting gifts, going away presents, that kind of thing. However it happens, God's going to put it on their heart. And by the time the Hebrews, the Israelites, leave Egypt, they're going to have a lot of stuff. All right, if we're going to test <clears throat> over that segment, we are going to ask these five questions. Who was Moses supposed to gather together when he got to Egypt? The elders. What was Moses supposed to say God had been doing while they were being mistreated? God was watching. Anyhow, you've got those, and if you don't got them, you can look them up, okay? So there's the passages, but there, there's the five questions. They will be upon the final test, and so go ahead and get them in your brain right now. They came from that passage we just talked about. All right. Cute little girl. Because love means nothing to them. I did it again. <laughs> I've got to fix this. That's the punchline. Now you got to tell me the joke. I did it last time, too. I don't know what in the world. Can anybody guess the joke? It kind of ruins the joke when I do it this way. i got to get these things reordered. All right, here's the joke. Why should you not marry a tennis player? Because love means nothing to them. Now, unless you've played tennis, you probably don't get that. But love <clears throat> is what they say when it's zero. Okay? And so love means nothing. It means zero. I think I completely ruined that joke because I got it out of order. I got to do something. Look what I'm going to do. Don't, I, don't you ever do this. I'm going to put a great big question mark in my hand right here. You know what that's supposed to remind me every time I see that today? It's going to remind me. What is wrong with you, Sonny Childs? Go fix that slide in the midst of our Bible class. <laughs> I told you. I got this thing. Did I tell you I got a thing? It's right here. Right there is where the thing is. All right. The thing is going to leave me alone for a minute. Moving on. All right. In segment number four, we apply doing, 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 the why. We ask ourselves, why do we even want to study Exodus chapter Three, and then I say to you, well, I'll tell you why, because, and then I show you this thing, and it's there, and you say, wow, there's a lot of reasons to study all the Bible, 
But I try in each chapter to pick out one thing, and here's the thing I picked out in chapter 3. There's old Moses. <laughs> okay. In chapter 3, I picked out this idea, you shall plunder the Egyptians. They're going to give them, remember God's going to, you read back up there, it says God's going to put it in their hearts that they're going to want to give you stuff. And so you're just going to take all this, the riches out of Egypt, basically. My question for you is, have you ever had someone be very mean to you, then change and want to give you good things? I have. Maybe they got caught in being ornery, or maybe they just got to feeling bad that, you know, you don't deserve for me to treat you that, whatever. And then in their guilt, they started giving you stuff. And maybe it wasn't stuff. Maybe they started complimenting you or wanting to be with you more or do something nice for you. You know, like, you ever had that happen? I have. My question, though, for you to answer is, what causes a person to change from being an abuser to being a blessing? What causes a person to go from being mean to you to wanting to give you gifts? That's your question. I'll tell you, I know it is because, well, here it is. Watch. I'll show you. It's right here. You ready? Four segment. What causes a person to change from being an abuser to being a blessing? I told you. It was. I said it was going to be there, and there it is. <laughs> now, what I need you to do, it's very important, just a short answer. You don't need to write me an encyclopedia. Just a short answer is all I need to know. What causes a person to change from being an abuser? to being a blessing. Now, that being said, I think it's time to be silly one more time. <laughs> Love the kid's hat. The lip's kind of cute, too. What happened when the frog's car broke down? You got a frog driving along the road, breaks down. Now what do we do? What happened when the frog's car broke down? Well, he had it towed. <laughs> it towed frog. <laughs> he had a toad. <laughs> I think it's a good one. Again, I think you should write. I know you're saying, well, he's got a question mark there. I've already told you why I got a question mark there. What happened when a car broke down to belong to the frog? He had a toad. <laughs> write that one down. That's a pretty good one. You can do something with that. All right, moving on. Segment number five. This young lady loves this segment. I guess it's a young lady. I don't know. Maybe it's a young man got the head thing going, so I'm not it covered up. I'm not really sure. But I'll tell you, whether it's a young man or a young lady, they're not happy. Because <laughs> it's test time. <laughs> they got their dinosaur here, but they're, they're just not happy. Do we really have to? Yes, I'm afraid we do. <laughs> here we go. All right, so <clears throat> five questions that are actually ten. <laughs> <laughs> Ten questions that you're going to have on your final test. You might notice that this is test number three as we move into the book of Exodus. It's test number three because we're in chapter number three. <laughs> you probably already figured that one out. All right, I'll get out the way. There you go, guys. There are all the questions for you for this particular time together. I think that you got them. I think I really do. And I think that they're up here. And I think that all you got to do is put them on a piece of paper or tell your mom and dad however this thing works with you guys at your house. You just go after that. And you tell them, and it's good, and I'm proud, and whoop, whoop. I love you. Thank you for being with me. I know we're silly, and I know that sometimes I forget to tell the joke correctly. I mean, I've even been known to tell the punchline before I even told the joke. <laughs> That's why i got to change that. But anyhow, we're together. 
And that's a good thing, right? I love you. This is Sonny Chow's. <laughs> that is too, but that's a silly looking one. This is Sonny Chow saying to you, be there. Matthew 16, 26.